This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 20th of February. In your Squiz today, a year of the Ukraine war, North Korea fires up, counting the cost of natural disasters, and music fit for a king. This is your Squiz today. Claire, it was all happening in Germany this weekend with the annual Munich Security Conference providing the scene for some big discussions. The most notable meeting on the sidelines was between America's Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and China's top diplomat, Wang Yi. Neither is happy with the other when it comes to surveillance balloons, but the main focus was on the war in Ukraine. So just for a bit of background, China's a close ally of Russia's, and since Russia's war on Ukraine started, Chinese President Xi Jinping and his officials haven't publicly rebuked Russian President President Vladimir Putin or Russia more broadly. Uh, The West has pressured China to denounce the war and to talk to Russia about a retreat, but that hasn't happened and China has continued to walk a pretty fine line down the middle. Uh, But at that summit in Munich, Wang said that she will deliver a peace speech and a document on warring countries' territorial integrity sometime this week. Despite that, the US isn't convinced that China is about to break with Russia. In fact, it's concerned that China could move to provide Russia with weapons and other support. And Claire, this is all in focus this week because Friday is the first anniversary of Russia's invasion. Yeah, incredible how that time has gone. And American and European leaders are talking up their support for Ukraine uh, as it continues to fight that war. But there isn't universal support for that strategy with more weapons and ammunition being sent. At that Munich conference, many leaders from Africa and Asia and South America said that they're suffering under high prices that have been brought about by these war-disrupted supply chains and they want peace as soon as possible. So they're not really that keen on more weapons going there. Those leaders aren't the only ones who want peace. At the end of this week, the United Nations General Assembly will vote on a draft resolution demanding Russia make a lasting peace in Ukraine. The resolution doesn't carry any legal weight, but Ukraine and its supporters say it helps keep the pressure on Russia. Estimates say that since the war began, 40 to 60,000 Russian soldiers have died, along with 14,000 Ukrainian troops and civilians. Sticking with the issues that were discussed at the Munich Security Conference, Western leaders were none too pleased with North Korea's latest missile launch, Claire. This one flew about 900 kilometres east for 67 minutes before it landed in the Sea of Japan. Yeah, and it's not just any missile. It was an intercontinental ballistic missile that was tested on Saturday. Uh, It's North Korea's third test of the long-range weapon in less than a year. And that's notable because these missiles can be armed with nuclear warheads and can fly for up to 14,000 kilometres, which means that from North Korea it could strike the US mainland. Uh, Analysts say settle in. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is using these tests to rail against joint exercises that are planned in the region uh, by the US and South Korea. That's going to happen next month. 
The foreign ministers from Japan and South Korea also met to discuss the latest development at the security conference. And Western leaders condemned North Korea's actions. They said they threaten regional and international peace and security. Claire, we talked a lot last week about ex-tropical cyclone Gabrielle and its hit on New Zealand. The weather system has passed now and a start has been made on counting the cost. Over the weekend, the death toll rose to 11 and more than 5,600 people remain uncontactable across the country. Most of those will be uncontactable because communication lines are still down in many areas, but authorities say that they do have grave concerns for about 10 people. Uh, Recovery teams are now working around the clock to carry out building assessments. Uh, There's thousands of damaged homes, uh, lots of roads and bridges and other infrastructure that's out of action. Uh, Helicopters are also now delivering critical supplies to stranded communities. So while there's a long way to go to get their arms around the devastation. Uh, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has said that Gabrielle is New Zealand's biggest natural disaster this century. And across the world, today will be two weeks since the devastating earthquakes that hit large parts of Turkey and Syria. The death toll across those two nations has risen to more than 46,000 people. Victorian Premier Dan Andrews is marking a milestone today, Claire. He's been in office for 3,000 days. And for those who don't want to do the maths, just like me, that (laughs) equates to more than 8.2 years. And he becomes the fifth Victorian leader to mark that milestone. Yeah, he says it's just another day at the office, but uh, of all of our political leaders around the country, he's the longest serving one currently in office. Uh, There's another reason why it's a talking point, and that's because of a benchmark that was laid down by former Liberal Premier Jeff Kennett. He set 3,000 days as the threshold to memorialise the state's leaders, uh, and as a result, they made statues for long-serving premiers Albert Dunstan, Henry Bolte, Uh, Rupert Harmer and also John Cain. Kennett himself fell just short of that, but by that standard that was set, Andrews is now eligible for a bronze statue outside the Premier's office in Melbourne. But Andrews is going to have to wait on that. The Department of Premier and Cabinet says that statues of long-serving Premiers in Victoria are considered after the leader has left office. So a bronze version of Andrews in his pandemic North Face jacket is probably a while off yet. It's been a weekend of ups and downs for cricket tragics, Claire. Let's start with the upside. That's our T20 women's team absolutely dominating at the World Cup in South Africa. They are just so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Aussie women defeated host nation South Africa yesterday morning to sail through to the World Cup semifinals. And yes, we're the top ranked team. We're also the (laughs) tournament favourites, but it still feels really good to see them playing so well. Uh, And in a good sign, we won yesterday morning's match without opening batter and wicketkeeper Alyssa Healy. She's injured with a quad injury, but she's expected to return on Saturday for the semis. Uh, that's where the joy ends for cricket fans. Our men's test team was whacked by India in the second test in the series in India. Australia went down to the hosts late yesterday by six wickets. Uh, there was a batting collapse where we lost nine wickets for 52 runs. 
Yeah, cricket statistic nerds say it's Australia's third worst nine-wicket collapse in history. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it sounds bad. (laughs) As a result, India retained the Border Gavaskar Trophy and it leaves the Aussies searching for answers about their batting, which has let them down in India. There are three matches in the series to go. More details of King Charles May 6th coronation have been released, Claire. At the new King's request, musical theatre giant Andrew Lloyd Webber will contribute an anthem to reflect the joyful occasion. And look, Alice, long-time squizzers will know that I'm absolutely no fan of musical theatre and particularly <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, so let's just say if you really hated me, you would make me go to Cats or Phantom of the Opera. It's a good way of torturing me, but apparently for King Charles, it's the way to go. Claire, I'm just laughing at how you've extended that theme in today's newsletter, talking about the unconfirmed final guest list, saying the Sussexes might have had a lucky escape. <laughs> Yeah, and look, if Harry and Meghan are invited and having to sit through an Andrew Lloyd Webber number, I think that's actually a really good reason to decline the invite. (laughs) Using some reverse psychology there, I think. (laughs) Exactly. Quite possibly. That's a really good point. Squiz the day, Claire. You and Kate talked about it in Saturday Squiz. Aussies aged over 18 years old get access to an additional COVID jab from today. Yep, if you haven't had a jab or a case in the last six months, you're eligible. Uh, Those under 30 years old can get their fourth shot. If you're 30 years old and older, it's ready for the fifth shot. So there you go. And that's it from us today. Have a great start to your week and we'll be back with you tomorrow. 